0: hey good morning talk to the lord that he's good thank you lord you're a good god we praise you lord thank you lord you're a good god praise you god praise you lord hey uh welcome to new community we're just really glad you're here why we're gonna do some things that are a little different this morning all right so go ahead and take a seat relax here for a second but don't worry we're not done yet we're just getting started thank you lord Bible says enter his courts with thanksgiving. So we just entered in here. But we need to do some business with God. All right. So um, there are times when. um, Hey, Tom. Hey. Hey. Told him just to come right up. So there are times when. uh, Sorry here. Lost my place. Yeah. (laughs) I need a GPS for my Bible. So, uh, yeah, there you go, our memory. So there are times when we need to hear more of the Word and, you know, builds up our faith, we get some teaching, and there are times when, you know, a lot of times, like on a Sunday morning, we teach the Word, and then really it's up to us to respond to that, spend some time in, in devotions to really work that out. Amen? And yet there are other times when we as a corporate body need to respond to that word even here on a Sunday, right? Do what it says. And we're always aiming to do what the word says, but a lot of times we kind of work it out in our daily life. But we just sense the Lord calling us to respond this morning. So there's some things that we want to, I want to share with you. And we're going to spend some time responding to the Lord and then go back into worship. And so, uh, so for those who like the word we got it, and those of you like the worship, no, I'm just messing, I'm just messing. This is, uh... so last week, we sh- the Lord spoke to us from Philippians one twenty five and said that uh, Paul was saying to the Philippians, being confident of this, I know that I shall remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy of faith. And the Lord is, it's a, the Lord is speaking to us about getting unstuck from things. And moving forward in the thing that God has for us. Because what should characterize and what does characterize the Christian life, those who are following Jesus, is progress, right? Breaking down walls and getting free from things that have caused us to be stuck and moving forward into that new territory, that new thing that God has for us. Amen? And so the Lord, it's really a prophetic word. I mean, praise God, it's not just like a sermon series. Praise God, it's a prophetic word that the Lord is saying. It's time to be unstuck, right? And to move forward into those things, we we all get stuck, right? Don't we? We all get stuck somewhere at some point in our life. I mean, uh, uh, I'm I'm pretty like I'm pretty skillful at getting stuck in things, you know. And, uh, uh, you know, even like last um, like the like 2010, part of 2011, just kind of in 2011. I, I got I got stuck in uh, in a, in, an is, in an issue of unforgiveness. There was, a, there was an attitude that I was kind of entertaining. There was a particular uh, offense that I had towards a person, and I, I was dwelling on it. And it was getting worse and worse. Right, it's going to cause problems in a relationship. It's going to cause problems in your own heart. It's going to cause problems in your relationship with God. And, but I, I, you, know, you, you kind of know it's there, and you kind of don't. You know? <laughs> Anyone relate? And I'm, I'm struggling through this until it gets to a point where the Lord confronts me. You know, it kind of manifested in some conflict. And I had to, you know, uh, I, I mean, I'll well, tell you, be honest. I mean, I came before the Lord and wept before the Lord and repented. But there was, there was a process for the Lord dealing with me on that, where I needed to repent. In this instance, I needed to repent for some wrong attitude and perceptions. Other times there's some healing that needs to happen along with that forgiveness. But I had to release this person to the Lord, and then I had to act on that and go to them and reconcile. Now, by reconciling, I don't mean that I told them that I was mad at them. That would not bless them, okay? You know, you don't go to someone and say, uh, I was thinking bad thoughts about you. Let me tell you about all those bad thoughts I was thinking. That doesn't bless them, right? But rather, I had released the forgiveness in my heart, and then I went and reconciled with them more just by restoring the relationship, just by pursuing the relationship. Does that make sense? And, but I could, I could tell you lots of things I've been stuck in. You know, I'm, I'm really good at getting stuck and that, and by the grace of God, that's probably why I have a lot to say about getting unstuck because the Lord has dealt with me on a lot of these things. But we get stuck. We get stuck in past issues. We get stuck there in unforgiveness or we get stuck in negative attitudes, perceptions, ungratefulness, unthankfulness, disc- discontentment. We get stuck in these things. The Lord wants to break that stuff off of our hearts and wants to soften us and, and kind of cut away things that are on our hearts and move us into the thing that he has for us. Tom, share what you got there from the Lord.
1: Last week as we were singing, Show Me Your Glory, and I saw a picture of a construction site where a foundation was being laid, and there was proper framework, electrical, drains, plumbing, all the things that it took to put in place before you do all this, rebar and all of this. There was a cement truck was dropping its load. And there was a group of people that, as the cement had already been laid, they were already walking on this foundation. I could see this you know, in the background, a small group of people. And at the same time, I could see a group of finishers. They're the guys who get out there and make this all nice and smooth. You can lay carpet and, and linoleum down on it. That's what they're called. They're called finishers. And then there was someone else, another a person, who was in the, already had the foundation, already had this concrete poured around their feet, and they were not satisfied or happy with where they were at. And they were breaking free from that. And then there was a third person. This is a person who had their foot tangled up in the rebar. I could see this rebar. And as cement, as you know, with weight, it's going to come down the trough. And it's going to start to fill up. And, and it was like, "Well, no, I'm stuck. And I don't want to be here, but I don't know how to get out. Mm-hmm. And there's this fearful look upon their face they were like i said they were desiring to get out but they didn't they couldn't figure out how to do that and i said all of that to say this god's glory is the foundation that we build our lifestyle and our thinking upon mm-hmm. and that begins with hope and joy amen
0: yeah so it's, it's that revelation of who he is right his glory Absolutely. that is the right foundation at if there's if there's something going amiss in our life at the very foundation of that problem is a wrong concept of God.
1: All others are going to be wrong.
0: It's going to go off, right? you got that cornerstone's off. That's Everything right. else is going to be off. Um, I shared last week that the Word of God it provides the building materials, right? The Word of God is going to tell you where you need to go, how to get there. It's going to give you the resources to get there. Uh, one of my favorite verses, Acts 20, 32, Paul says, I commend you to, the, to, to God and to the Word of His grace, which is able to build you up and bring you into your inheritance. And what Paul is basically describing is literally you have this potential in God. You have this prophetic destiny in the Lord, all that he wants to do in you, your inheritance, the promises of God, the calling of God on your life. And it's the word of God, which is able to build you and bring you into your inheritance, literally like the building blocks, laying the foundation, the proper foundation. Sometimes the word of God has to come in and break foundation. Sometimes you got to Oh, well, yeah, we, uh, we uh, didn't plane the, what, plane the door right. Got to start <laughs> yeah, over again. Correctly. Yeah, you got to frame the door right. You know, you've got different things that sometimes go amiss as we are walking with Jesus. Because the reality is, as you, many of you know, you're building something. Everyone in this world is building something, right? So the question is whether or not they're building something that will last for eternity, whether that foundation is on Christ. And so sometimes we need the Lord to deal with us on some stuff. So the Word of God provides that for us. And I think that um, what the Lord, for those of you who came in, what the Lord is speaking to us right now is that we would respond to the Word, that we would respond to His Word of becoming, getting unstuck and moving forward, that it's a prophetic Word we need to respond to, not just a teaching we need to hear, right? And so uh, that's why we're doing things a little out of order for those of you who just came in. Um, And so those three groups of people... Tom was just sharing. He was saying that there are some people who are walking in freedom. They've experienced correct that foundation. freedom. There's a correct foundation. There's some people that uh, the, you're in that place of freedom, but if you will, there's a battle. There yes. needs to be a Absolutely. sticking with it That's right. and a not giving up. And then there's another group of people where there's, there's, you feel stuck. The reality is, is that I think all of us are in some of those... At, all, one point or another. at some point, we're in that. And there's some things that even this week, as I went uh, and spent some extra time with the Lord on Monday and Tuesday, that the Lord, not that I wasn't aware of these things, but being with Him, He was able to really deal with them. He was able to soften my heart, and He was able to bring me to a place of repentance. Um, and so uh, there's, there's always these things that the Lord needs to kind of deal with. For example, yesterday at a, at a meeting of leaders, a gathering of leaders of our church, kind of the elders or leaders, uh, somebody had mentioned sensing that there was, and I know I repented of this, there was a sense of getting stuck in complacency, a sense of getting stuck in a place of not taking risks for the Lord and a complacency of not pressing in to the Lord. I know that the Lord had spoken to me about that this week, even, even before Rachel had brought it up at our meeting. Others, others had talked about getting stuck, and I know I had mentioned this of, in pride or ambition. Others had talked about getting stuck in um, ungratefulness of just not acknowledging what the Lord had done in his faithfulness. Um, Other things like that, like I had said, that we get stuck in these places. And that's what the Lord wants us to deal with today, all right? Uh, Am I on the right track? You want to start? Okay, it's good. It's kind of something that the Lord had spoke to both Tom and I. And so uh, this is kind of the Holy Spirit's agenda. I made a joke to some people earlier. I said, this is the Holy Spirit's agenda. I was slow to get on the bandwagon, right? Like I had a whole, I was all ready to preach, you know, (laughs) but this is what the Lord had for us. And so um, the first thing that I want to lead us into, what we're going to do is we're going to pray and we're going to respond to the Lord. Sound bueno? Bueno. All right, that means good. Uh, For those of you who weren't raised in Southern California, no, I'm joking. So uh, well, first thing we're going to do is acknowledge the faithfulness of the Lord and thank him. For the thing that he has done and the freedom that he has brought to our life. Amen? And so we need to embrace that. I know that, um, yeah, I mean, even like, it might have been about six months ago, and I was, you know, standing in faith regarding some financial things, probably more personal. Well, I guess, no, I guess church and stuff too. Uh, And I think it was in an attitude of asking him to bring abundance, the Lord said, I have never been unfaithful. And it was an adjustment. I didn't feel like I was like totally you know, wrong and asking the Lord. It wasn't that. It was like it was like David, you know, and we've been learning this as a church, David, it's contentment and thankfulness which will open the doorway into breakthrough. And uh, Kurt, you had mentioned that yesterday, that the Lord calling us to be a people of thankfulness that acknowledges what he has done. And so uh, let's start there. Let, let's do that first. Um, yeah. Yeah. Take a second, let's, just, let's, uh, let's begin to just t- talk to the Lord right now. Take a second, just start praying. T- talk to the Lord. I mean, you can be meditative, you can be quiet about it. What, what's the Lord done in your heart? Yeah, and if you want to write them down, you, you know, your normal uh, notes in your program, you can write it down. What's the Lord done in you? Whether yesterday, a year ago, ten years ago, what's the Lord done in you? Begin to acknowledge the faithfulness of the Lord in your life. Let's just take a second. You can close your eyes or you can write it down. Let's just, let's just do that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your faithfulness. so important we don't neglect the testimony of the Lord, the story of what he's done. Even the Lord this week reminding me of all the things he'd done this year to re- bring people to himself, the healings and uh, lives that are being transformed. And he's he's, focusing, he's saying, focus on what I have been doing, not on what you think I didn't do. Do Did you hear that? See, and condemnation works this way too, doesn't it? You can have a whole tree of fruit and the enemy will come in and say, see that branch right there, you don't have fruit and you will forget all the other fruit that's on your tree that God has brought because of an accusation of the enemy, right? But that accusation, that condemnation when believed is an accusation against the character of God that he's been unfaithful, right? So it's embracing the faithfulness of God. Alright, so I don't think we need to stand and do this, but I want you to, I want you to, I want you to repeat after me. Let's make some declaration, and you don't have to be loud. I know I'm a little intense, but I don't want you to mumble, and I don't want you to be half-hearted. Does that make sense? I want you to be like, hmm, mean it, okay? So let's just do that. Say, Father, we declare you are faithful. We declare you are faithful. You have never been unfaithful. You are always faithful. You are always good. We thank you for your faithfulness. You You have never left me. You have never lied to me. You You have never let me down. down. Lord I repent repent. of discontent, discontent. ungratefulness, Ungratefulness. accusing you you. or or believing condemnation. You have always been faithful. I repent of those wrong perceptions, those wrong attitudes. Father, I ask, give me your perception of my past and of my present. Give me grace to be content that you are good, that you are working in me to will and to do, that you are providing for me, that you are fighting for me, that you are bringing freedom. Say, Father, I thank you that I am free in Christ, that I am dead to sin and I am alive to God, that I am the righteousness of God in Christ, that you have graced me, you have loved me, you have given me your spirit, you've given me your word, I have everything I need for life and godliness, you have been faithful to me. Thank you, Lord. Lord. Jesus' name. Amen, amen. All right. You don't have to say it twice. I don't know why I do that. It's just one of those. It's just fun. I just like it. I'm all getting into it. All right. Uh, The second thing that Tom had said was a person or group of people, I should say, that uh, they just need to stick with it in that sense. And uh, it may be that there is is a battle. I really sensed I'm being vulnerable here with you guys. I mean, I hope you sense that. Can't tell anyone else. No, I'm joking. Uh, there was a sense in which I, I realized as I was repenting this week that... Actually, I had sensed it last week, to be honest with you. And, and, I, and I pray against it when I sense it, but, man, I needed that breakthrough. I sensed uh, that some of this stuckness and in my own life, just maybe some things that were coming against me, was an accusation from the enemy against my own heart. And against the Lord, of course. And so I really had to identify... uh, See, when you don't walk in condemnation, you can kind of see that, oh, wait a minute, hey, that's not... Well, first of all, that's not true. And second of all, that's not me, that's the devil. You know what (laughs) I mean? mean, What it is, is that the enemy endorses wrong thoughts. Does it make sense? So it's not that it's not your own thinking or your own messed up perception, but the enemy is in endorsing that. But sometimes the enemy just really comes in and just starts pushing on. And because I'm strong in the Lord in, in certain ways, because of what he's done in my life, I can see that, but it still pushes on me at times, right? So it starts pushing on, you know, starts accusing the Lord of being unfaithful or excusing you or, and pushing on you and stuff. And so I had to really deal with that. And so there is a battle, and I realized that what the enemy was trying to do is rob from my heart, a seed that the Lord had planted in me, right? That's how We know that that works. Anything that the Lord does in our life happens by a seed, right? We want the fully produced product, but he wants to plant a seed in us. And the most important thing is that persevering, enduring faith that sticks with it, right? And there needs to be a consecration in our lives. It's the word that I had sensed from the Lord. Um, In fact, in Romans 6, let me, uh, I'm going to turn there. You can always... Turn there if you want. But, uh, in Romans chapter 6, listen to, uh, listen to this in verse 11, starting in verse 11. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves dead <clears throat> to sin, or rather, I should say it more emphatically. It says, likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in its lusts. And do not present your members as an instrument of unrighteousness to sin. Pr- present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. There is this... Grace that the Lord gives to us to consecrate ourselves to the Lord, right here, present yourselves, your body, and the members of your body that would include your cognitive functions and your, all the way from that to your reproductive organs. I mean, whatever, you know, it's everything, right? The members of your body, all that makes up you as a human being and your emotions and your thoughts and desires and your actions and your hands and your feet and everything else eyes, mouth, the words you're saying, you present that to the Lord as a weapon or an instrument of righteousness, for a tool for God to use, meaning that you're righteous in Christ and that he produces righteousness through you as you present yourself to his ends, to his means. Um, And, you know, there's a sense of, uh, there's a sense in verse 11, of course, you guys remember this, that we've got to allow the Lord to, Transforms by the renewing of our mind, right? That there is a considering as we already are. That we have to come to a place in verse 11 of reckoning and considering I am dead to sin and alive to God. That that is reality because Jesus died and I died with him and he rose from the grave. This is reality that he is seated at the Father's right hand and I'm seated with him in the heavenly realms. And if everything's under his feet, it's under my feet. That sin no longer has power. Over me. Sin has no power. Over you. That is reality. But we have to allow our minds to be renewed. To align with that reality. So we can walk in that reality. That's what it means to walk in the spirit. <clears throat> and we need the. Let me show you this real quick here. Look, look in the. Well if you're looking at it. You don't have to. But verse, verse 21 of chapter 5. Actually ends with. So that as. Uh, No, 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 I'm sorry, verse 20. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. Where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. See, this this is what I was trying to say earlier. I'm really good at getting stuck, but his grace is bigger. You say, but I've got a lot of sin, or I've had a lot of sin in my life. Yeah, me too. Like, I think that's, again, that's why I can talk about freedom, because it's chief of sinner, right? But where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. I mean, that's my life. Where my sin abounded, where these wrong attitudes, offense towards God, I mean, like horrible perceptions of God that I had, pride and offense towards God and unforgiveness in my heart uh, and selfish ambition, lust and things like that, that I struggled with and was stuck in, where that sin abounded, grace much more, right? So that the Lord, where you're stuck, gives you more grace. And what is the evidence of that grace abounding is, verse 21, so that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord the more grace is to cause you to be on top and not on the bottom, to get free and to walk in life and to walk in the authority in Christ, reigning in life. Life, reigning, authority, freedom, right? Grace giving you the, the ability to reign over those things and to step into the freedom. Now, how, did that ma- how does that manifest? That grace abounds not as license to sin... But rather, as verse 11, likewise, um, chapter 6, verse 11, likewise, you also reckon yourselves dead to be, I'm sorry, yourselves to be dead indeed to sin. The grace is the empowerment and the ability to actually think the way that you need to think. Do you see that? That God gives you, in myself, I don't have the resources to become free. This is the problem with religion, and it's the problem with this world. It's the problem with philosophy. It's the problem with self-help. It's the problem because they can say what 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 sin is. They can say what good is and what bad is, but they don't have the cure. There's only one cure, the man Christ Jesus who died and rose again, right, who shed his blood, and he from outside gives grace. Right? He gives the ability and the motivation that we don't have. He gives the cure from the outside. I mean, that's the problem with, with like an AIDS. I don't have the cure in my body. I need a cure. Right? So he comes as grace, which is the cure for what I can't do myself, and he's the grace to me. Right? He's the grace and the empowerment to actually think this way. That I am dead to sin. So that when you died with Christ, you died to the authority that sin had over you. The law of the spirit of life. The law of the spirit of life set you free from the law of sin and death. You were under the law. The principle, the authority, the governing reign, bondage, control of sin and death. Right. That is humanity apart from Christ, right? And yet, the law of the spirit of life has set you free from the law of sin and death. There's a new sheriff in town, right? There's a new law in town, right? Because Jesus was crucified. He disarmed every principality and power. He defeated death. He, right, he whooped on it, right? Right? Now he has the keys of death and Hades in his hands. Look what I got, devil. Right? The one who had the power and the authority over death and sin, right? Sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, right? But who was the one endorsing that sin? And who was the one who had gained the authority over death? It was the devil. Now that one, that devil, has been destroyed, disarmed. Sure, they didn't know. They don't know it yet. Everything's been placed under Jesus' feet. He's got the keys of death and Hades. And so his spirit, the law of the spirit of life, has set us free from the law of sin and death. Right? Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That now your spirit is alive in Jesus. Your spirit has been born again. You're a new creation. Your spirit is, is, has already been resurrected. And one day when Jesus comes back, we'll, our whole bodies will be resurrected and all that. That would be fun. But right now, his kingdom is has broken into your life. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the spirit of who? The Lord. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. His reign in your life means freedom for you. Bad news for the devil, bad news for sin, good news for you, right? It's good news. Repent for the kingdom of God has come. His reign into your life. That when you have surrendered your life to Jesus, your spirit is born again and your spirit and his spirit are one and where the spirit of the Lord is, he comes and ushers in his sovereign reign into your life and that reign releases freedom in you. You're free because he reigns. You're free because Jesus is seated at the Father's right hand and everything is under his feet. He, you're seated at his right hand, you're seated with Christ in the heavenly realms or I'm not saying at his right hand, I'm sorry. You're seated because you're just in Christ. You're seated with Jesus in Christ and everything's under his feet. That means everything's under your feet. Sin has no power over you. Death has no authority over you. The law of the spirit of life has set you free from the law of sin and death. What's cancer? Is it anything other than decay? Right? The world was subject to corruption, decay, death. Because of the sin of, this, of one man, Adam. And yet, all who are in Adam die. Right? When you're in that old world, in Adam you die. Right? First Corinthians 15. In Adam all die. In Christ all will be made alive. When you died with Christ, you literally died to that world. You're no longer a son or a daughter of Adam. You've been adopted into a new family. The authority that sin and death had over your life has been broken. You are now in Christ. You're associated with Jesus. Whatever Jesus gets, you get. Whatever's true of him is true of you. So that now you're in Christ. So no longer does death have any authority over your life. No longer does sin have any authority over your life. And so Paul is saying, God, where sin abounds, where you feel stuck, or I'm sorry, are stuck, you're more stuck, you get more grace. And the more grace is the revelation that you are a new creation, dead to that sin and alive to God. Dead to that thing that you're stuck in. It has no power and authority over you. And then grace, verse 13, grace to present your members, your body, as an instrument or a weapon of righteousness. Grace is literally the motivation and the ability to do these things. Why do I say motivation? Because that's what we need, but also because it says that in Philippians. God works in you to do what? Will and to do. Grace is both motivation... And ability. He works in you the wanting. He works in you the motivation and the desire and the wanting and the willingness to align your will with his will and to see those things done. Because the only way to see God's will done on the earth is through people who say yes to his will. The problem is not that God is not sovereign. The problem is that God's sovereign will is not agreed upon by human beings and and embraced on the earth. Heavens, there's no problem. No problem up there. <laughs> the problem's on the earth. Let your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as is in heaven. Human beings embracing the will of God and stepping into obedience. Grace is that the out, outward, He has provided the motivation and the ability, has provided the grace for you to literally say, I want you. I fear the Lord. I want God. I want the freedom. It's the motivation to actually do it and to put the plan into, pro, into, into implementation. And so that's what, the, that's what we need to do right now is respond to the Lord and say yes to that grace, say yes to what He has done and make a consecration of presenting ourselves to the Lord and say, I'm going to follow you. Bas- I mean, basically, right? I'm going to follow you. I'm going to go where you're saying to go. Uh, Does that sound good? It's good. It's good. So uh, let's do that. Let's do that. Go ahead again with some gusto, yeah? Some gusto. (laughs) Faith. Faith. Just repeat after me. Say, Thank you, Lord, Lord, for your grace grace that abounds to me. me. I am unstuck, I unstuck. I I am dead to sin, I am free. I am alive to God, seated with Christ Christ in the heavenly realms. realms. I have authority authority over sin and death. death. I have the victory victory in Christ Christ Christ. by your grace. grace. So I offer my body body to you, Jesus. Jesus. I offer myself to you. you. Let your grace abound. Let abound. Let Let your righteousness manifest in my life. Change the way I feel, change the way I I think, change the way I I make decisions, change Change my habits, change my my lifestyle. Let your righteousness transform me. Let your your glory transform me In in the name of Jesus. Okay, take some time right now. Just talk to the Lord right now. What are some things that you want to give to Him? What are some things you need to get unstuck in? What are some areas you need to present to the Lord? Present it to Him right now. Just even say that, Lord, present this to you. Present this to you. So what are some things you want Him to do in your life? What are some desires that you have? What is it that the Spirit's stirring What's, what's he poking at? He's saying, I want to deal with this issue. It's not usually necessarily that he's, he's saying, you don't have fruit, but he's saying, I want to prune some things to cultivate more fruit in your life. I want to take you further in this character issue, or I want to grow you in this area of your relationships, your marriage, whatever. Respond to the Lord right now. Say yes. Just tell him yes, and, and present yourself to him and say, yes, Lord, have your way there. And then ask him, say, Father, in the name of Jesus, change me in this area. Give me more grace. All you need to do is say, Lord, I need more grace in this area. Give me more grace. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right, so the way we're going to wrap this up is... uh, uh, we're going to do the last thing, which is, was that where, where there was some stuckness. Obviously, I kind of laid some foundation already for that. That the Lord would give more grace for you to release those things to Him, okay? And allow Him to deal with them. And so, what's going to happen is, is in just a moment, we're going to take communion and we're going to come forward and receive, drink the, the, the juice, and, 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 and eat the bread which is his body and his blood, and, and represents the fact that, that he has finished it. Grace means that all the resource and all the provision and all the promises are available to me because he died, because he already paid the price. It's done. And so what we're doing is we're stepping into that finished work, and we're simply responding to him. Does it make sense? You're responding. And so what we said last week, that... The way we progress in the Lord is by responding to his work in us. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Why? Because God is working in you to will and to do. He's working in you to will and to do. You respond by working out your salvation with fear and trembling. And we'll talk about that. That's what I was going to preach about. Just joking. Uh, Is that how do we walk that out in a response to him? But what we're going to do here is if there's some areas you're stuck in, And they can be very subtle. And to be honest with you, a lot of times I really don't know how to do this without the leading of the Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that shines things on me as I'm in the Word to say, Dave, this is an." He doesn't usually say my name like that, but... uh, that's, That's an area that we want to grow in. You need to grow in. Deal with that. And He invites me. He woos me into a place of repentance. And He woos me into a place of consecration. And so you might want to take a moment... I, this wasn't prepared, necessarily. I mean, Holy Spirit prepared it, but we didn't. Uh, you might want to take a piece of paper, you know, may rip off a corner, and write that stuff down. And what we're going to do is I'm going to invite you to take it and crumple it up and throw it in that trash can or the one in the back, because there's a communion table up here and there's a communion table in the back, and let it go. As a symbolic act, no one's going to look at them. We're going to throw the trash away. But I want you to be able to take those things and release them to the Lord... But here, make sure that you understand this biblical principle. The Bible doesn't say take a piece of paper, throw it in a trash can, but here, although it's a powerful, powerful symbol. Listen to what the Lord does say in the Word of God. If you confess your sins, He is faithful and just to forgive your sins and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. If you would bring those things to the Lord that you're stuck in, He is faithful to get you unstuck And to move you forward. You like that? A little Dave Turner twist. Write it down. Are there some attitudes? Some carnal attitudes that you've been having towards God, the church, people in your life, leaders in your life, parents, spouse, carnal attitudes, expectations, discontent, ungratefulness, judgment, criticism. Are there some things of unforgiveness, bitterness that you've been holding on to? Are there some things in the past that you just can't move forward? So you know what I'm talking about if you just think of it like that. Lord, I don't know why I just can't get over this. I don't know why that just keeps coming up in my life. Why is it that every three months this lie comes back and it trips me up and I don't seem to be able to move beyond this? I could go a little bit further and then bam, hit the wall again bam, hit my flesh again, bam, hit that lust again, bam, hit that thing again, bam, hit that accusation from the devil, and he just gets me again, and he gets me again. Why? Why? We're going to talk about how to really break some of those things and move forward, but I'll be honest with you. Well, let me just say the lust thing, for example. Lust is not primarily a chemical hormonal issue. It's a pride issue. It's a selfishness issue. Okay, yeah, we need to like help guys with the accountability and we all need to be wonderful, you know, and, we, and there, all that fun stuff with chemicals that probably affect your brain, you know. But even depression, this is kind of a sensitive one, it's not primarily a chemical issue. It might affect your chemicals, fine. I'm not saying it doesn't. And I'm not even saying depression's a sin, so I'll make, make sure I separate that from lust. But it's a brokenness, it is not from God, that you are not under, and He wants you unstuck and moving forward. It doesn't mean, yeah, doesn't mean it's not a process, but it's a surrendering it to the Lord. Write it down, and we're going to give it to Him. All right? Amen? Amen? All right. So, Jen, come on up and let's, let's do this. Those of you who uh, don't know what we're doing, we kind of, uh, we just... I don't know, we, went, we did things backwards today, so that's cool. We're going to enter into a time of just, we're going to take communion. We're going to throw that stuff in there. What I want you to do is confess that stuff, bring it to the Lord. That just means honesty, right? That just means honesty. Lord, I'm struggling with this. I don't know what to do. That's a good thing. to. Say. I ask you for more grace. And consecrate your heart to the Lord. Lord, I need you to speak to me and give me a strategy, a plan. And Lord, I give you my heart that you would help me to work that plan out talk about how to do that we're going to do that and then we're going to worship alright we're going to worship celebrate knowing with an attitude with an attitude of thankfulness with an attitude of what he has already done in Christ with an attitude of here I am Lord my whole self not just a song my whole life and with that humility that open heartedness I'll tell you it's amazing when you get that breakthrough in your heart and the Lord softens that your heart and you can worship Him with that freedom. And then things can really be loose in our life. So, uh, it's fun, huh? It's good. It's good to let the Lord do this. All right. So, uh, Jen, go ahead and just begin to lead us. And uh, let's stand up. And you can make your Take the elements. You can get on your knees before the Lord or get in a group and pray or pray by yourself. But we're just going to take communion and we're going to enter into worship. So, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for your body that was broken and your blood that was shed. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for your grace. Your grace that sets us free. Your grace that teaches us to say no to the things that are death and yes to the things that are life. Thank you for your grace that actually gives us the wanting and the willingness and the motivation to live for you and the ability to. We thank you that we are free. More than conquerors. we're going to walk in that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's do that.